Hello there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. Today we're going to talk about the wrath of the Lamb. Not a real popular topic, not many sermons have been done on it over the years that I've noticed, but it is an important topic and we're going to discuss it today. Uh, some time ago, someone approached me about the, the fear and the wrath of God. You know, and they really thought that there was more to it uh, than just fear and awe. Well, the two, however, are not the same. The fear of God has to do with our attitude towards God. The wrath of God has to do with God's attitude towards sin. I do think, though, the, the two are really closely related. We will never understand that we need to fear God unless we know something about the wrath of God. It's hard to find songs in hymnal books and, and church buildings about the wrath of God. There is one song out there, uh, it's called The Rider on the White Horse, and that song comes right out of Revelation chapter 19, word for word. And the song says this, uh, just pick up a, a couple of verses here, he treads on the wine press of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. I've only heard this song led within a church building twice. We do not sing other songs about the fear of God or the wrath of God. We do not even want to think about the wrath of God or the fear of God in our culture. We don't even want to hear sermons on it, as I've already stated, about the wrath of God or the fear of God. We feel much more comfortable thinking about love, mercy, grace, and kindness. I'm going to tell you, listeners, unless we really understand something about the wrath of God, we will not understand anything about the grace of God. If there is no wrath from God upon sinners, then the question has to be, what is there to be saved from? And why should any human being have a deep appreciation and thankfulness for their salvation by Christ? If sin is really not a big deal in the first place, but if we're not under the wrath of God due to our sins, and our sins do not deserve punishment, then there's no such thing as forgiveness. Does God treat us as idiots? Or rather, does he treat us as responsible people who are free to make moral decisions and sometimes make the wrong decision? But then, are we held accountable for those decisions? Or does God just simply laugh it off like a tolerant grandfather? If we truly know the God of the Bible as we claim that we do, we would know that he is not tolerant and he's not a tolerant grandfather, as so many in the American culture sees God as. He is an almighty God who is absolutely holy. And because he is absolutely holy, he has a resistance against anything that is not holy, sinful, lustful, and everything that is immoral. When we talk about the wrath of God or the fear of God, we should not think that we do it or we want to do it because of a necessity, but rather because we need to understand 
the wrath of God. And if we do not understand the wrath of God, we will never understand the grace of God. Unless we understand the wrath of God, that men in the Bible who talked about this topic are people who became angry with sin and had a deep love for sinners. In Exodus chapter 32, where I'm headed, if you're following along, here is Moses, remember, as he comes down off the mountain and he had the Ten Commandments written on stone tablets in his hand. When Moses saw that the people were worshiping a golden calf, the scriptures say that Moses was moved with anger. Moses was disappointed and he was hurt and he was full of wrath because of what the people were doing and so was God Almighty. Exodus 32 verse 19 says, And it came about, as soon as Moses came near the camp, that he saw the calf in the dancing. And Moses' anger burned, and he threw the tablets from his hands and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. Later in the chapter we can read it. Here's Moses. He's praying to God. In the same chapter, chapter 32, starting in verse 32, says, But now, here's Moses talking, If you will forgive their sins, and if not, please blot me out from your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. In other words, God loved them so much that he was not going to let their sins simply just pass by and knew nothing about it. The same is true about the Apostle Paul. And it's definitely true with Jesus Christ. Some of the strongest words of condemning wording in the entire Bible is found in Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is speaking uh, to the leaders of the Jewish faith, and Jesus will call them, among things, uh, vipers, hypocrites. Just listen to this loving Savior, what he has to say here, Matthew chapter 23, and verse 33. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? This is not the Jesus that is presented in our culture today. And later in the same chapter, you can see that where Jesus is very heartbroken. He, he's very sad. He will say, starting in verse 37, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. Listeners, I'm telling you, there is no conflict between preaching the wrath of God and the judgment of God and loving sinners who are under that wrath. When we think about the wrath of God, we must see that the reason that God is wrathful in his nature is because he has absolute holiness. And God is holy in a way that none of us can possibly understand. Yet he has an objection to everything that is sin and all that is sinful. 
Back to Exodus chapter 3. Here, here's Moses when he saw the burning bush. Listen to God's words here. Verse 5. Then he said, Don't come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place which you are standing is holy ground. When the prophet Isaiah would see a vision uh, in chapter 6, in verses 3 through 5, the, the apostle John would say, this is Jesus. If you go read John's account of this. But Isaiah chapter 6, 3 and 5 says, And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who was called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said here, in verse 5, here's Isaiah, says, Then, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, you and I, we need to see that we are sinners. And because we have chosen to be sinners in a sight of, of a pure and holy God, means we are rebellious against God's will. And this is why we stand under God's wrath, unless we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Go with me to Romans chapter 1. We're going to do a few readings out of the first couple chapters of Romans here. So bear with me. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Here's Paul. says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Some might say, well, well, Paul, what is the big deal here? Well, the big deal is the righteousness is being revealed from heaven. And why do men need the righteousness of God? Why do they need to be made righteous? Well, the answer is in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteous. Folks, I'm telling you, I think we really live in a Romans 1 society. You want to read that and study that. It's amazing how parallel our society is. And it's just not in America. It's, it's worldwide. But Paul will spend the next three chapters here in the book of Romans. He's going to be talking about uh, the guilt in the sight of God. And this is why all men are under the wrath of God. It's because they are sinners. What about the Gentiles? They knew him as God. However, they did not glorify him as God. They became vain in their reasoning and their, and their hearts were darkened. And they worshipped false idols. Well, what about the Jews? Well, Paul answers that here in chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, Romans chapter 3. What then? Are we any better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jew and Greek are under sin. As is written, there is none righteous, not even one. And Paul will continue on down here to verse 18. And this really wraps it up. This concludes it. There is no fear of God 
before their eyes. Folks, this explains it better than anything how I could ever come up with the wording. Mankind has no fear of God. Turn over with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6, we're going to read verse 15 through 17, and then we'll go back to Isaiah. Then the king of the earth, and the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave, and free man hid themselves in the caves among the rocks and the mountains. Verse 16. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? This has to be some very sobering words in the entire Bible, definitely in the New Testament. The wrath of the Lamb. We might get a wrath of a bear or a lion, but the wrath of a lamb, that meek, humble creature, something has somebody has committed so much sin and offense to this lamb, and that somebody is us. That he is full of wrath. And men are so afraid of this lamb, they are calling for the mountains to fall on them. These are very powerful words. And we need to see Jesus as a person who, who's like God in his view of sin. People feel guilty before Jesus that they are calling for the mountains to cover them and hide them from the wrath of the Lamb. We need to see that the wrath of Jesus is very real. Then we ask the question, why God cannot simply just forgive us? Why does God make a big deal of our sin? Well, listeners, sin is a big deal. Every age group needs to know that sin is a big deal. doesn't matter what part of the world you live in. Sin is a big deal. And again, if you don't understand this, in the wrath that comes from sinning, you will never understand the grace of God. In turn, you will never be grateful for the salvation and the blood of the Lamb. They cannot be separated, as we so often have tried to do. You know, sin doesn't seem to bother us a great deal. We can sit and we watch television. And how many people would invite uh, someone to come over into our home and, and allow them to carry on and, and see what TV shows that we really watch? Sadly, we don't even come upset with it, let alone wrathful about it and what we see on TV. We don't get upset what we read in the newspapers or even on the internet these days. Since we treat sin so lightly, we think God does as well. So why have a cross? Why have an atoning death? Why would the Father send His Son to through the earth to suffer and die if sin is not a big deal. You see, folks, the biblical view is this. All people, all men are sinners and separated from God because of their sin. Both in the here and the now, 
and forever in the life that is to come. Again, in Isaiah 59, the first two verses says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Paul would write in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. All of us today listening to this at one time are enemies of God. Maybe you're an enemy today even and don't realize it until you listen to this. Have you ever thought of yourself as an enemy? I have been an enemy of God and so has everybody else. But you know what? I am so thankful there is hope and reconciliation made available to all. And that is through the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. Of all the things that Jesus wants us to remember about him is his atoning death. Not necessarily his parables. They're, they're good information. Uh, not his birth. But rather his death on a cross. And so that he makes a point that we would remember his death each time we partake in what we call the Lord's Supper. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteous of God. At the end of time, Billions of people were scattered on the great plain before God. Most stepped back from the, the brilliant light. And some groups near the front talked heedily, not with shame, but rather with stupidity, saying, Can God judge us? How can he know about the suffering I went through, states one lady. Another man speaks up about his scars from being a black slave. A young teen girl cries out and says, It was not my fault I got pregnant. Across the plain there were so many such groups, and each had a complaint against God for the evil and the suffering he permitted while they lived on the earth. How lucky was God to, to live in heaven where all the sweetness of life, where there is no weeping and no hunger, and there's no hatred. What could God really know about man who was forced to endure in this world? They went on further to say, well, you know what? God leaves a pretty sheltered life. Each group sent forth a, a leader that had suffered the most. And some from every great suffering that man has ever done to another man. From health issues to, to those who were persecuted for racism and so on. You know, after a lengthy meeting, they were ready to present their case. And boy, did they think it was clever and they had a plan. Before God could be their judge, God would have to suffer everything that they had suffered. Their judgment was, God would be sentenced to to live on earth as a man. Let him be 
born a Jew. Let them question his birth. Give him a work that is so difficult that his own family would think he is out of his mind. Let him be betrayed by a close friend. And let him face false charges and, and be put on trial by a prejudiced jury. Let him be convicted by a cowardly judge. Let him be tortured, knowing the feeling of being alone. Let him die so there is no doubt that he truly died by many witnesses. As each leader announced his portion of the sentence, the crowd murmured. When the last was finished, their part of the sentence, there was silence and no one moved. You see, because the, the true people of God already knew something. God already had served his sentence. All those things that they thought they had to have God go through, Jesus went through. And I don't know anything about you as a listener today. And if I had not come in contact with the blood of, of the Lamb to be saved from the wrath of the Lamb, I think I would do anything that I had to do to get into that blood. I would trust Christ and His shed blood and I certainly would confess my sins and repent. If it's you're away from the Lord and yet one time perhaps you uh, were walking in the light and you feel like something's happened, I would encourage you to, to pray and get back into God's Word and find a, a a solid congregation that will teach the complete Bible and explain to you the sacrifice that Christ made to you. I would hope that everyone listening would become a Christian if they are not. And if there's something that we can do and try to help, we will do our best. I know it's very difficult, or but I would try, and the staff here would try to help you as well. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. I certainly hope that you will go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, and that you there can find us and you can send us a message or two or question if you have one. We, we get a lot of complimentary uh, remarks and email, and we appreciate that. And we've had a couple of questions in which you've already answered in a previous podcast. And we're excited about the future here, and we're certainly hoping that you are too, and we are encouraging you in any way that we can. Thank you, and may God bless you, and may He have the glory. Mm -hmm.